0: Casey Hildreth, Mike Glover. What is where does the where does the last name Hildreth come from? What is that?
1: Wow. D- do you intentionally mispronounce it? Hildreth. No. Uh, <laughs> I traced it back when Hildreth. I was a kid because I was interested in that stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's English, honestly.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. But what is what is a like a Glover a, were, were a bunch of former Scandinavian glove makers. Oh, there you go. Like Iron Chain or Iron Maiden chained.
1: I guess Hildress, We were probably Hill Conquerors. Probably. Uh, Where's the Rith come from? Uh, it's just add on to church it up. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to. People just think it's like Hill. Well, which is also a good name. No offense to anybody, but Casey's
0: decent. That's yeah. a good name. It's, I like
1: that name. I didn't like it when I was a kid. But it's like
0: gender it. neutral,
1: which is important these days apparently.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying... Can we say that? Are we allowed to do that? We can say anything we want. So you're a former Fifth Group guy. Um, I won't hold that against you. Allegedly. Fifth Group has a lot of cool history. Yeah, they do. The the coolest flash on a Green Beret is the Fifth Group flash. Let's be honest.
1: 100%. When they changed it back to the Vietnam era one. Yeah. That's pretty stupid. Oh, they did do that? Yeah. Sure did. One of the Hmm. commanders made it a point to do that.
0: Interesting. I... I was like 10th group. I was in 10th group for a period of time. Third group. I hated the third group flash because it was African colors. Yeah. And we were always in the Middle East. And I'm like, what do we, I don't understand what this is. I
1: like that flash. I think it's, I think it's snazzy. Is it? It's probably, yeah. Outside of the Vietnam era, fifth group flash is probably my favorite one.
0: I always thought it was weird being an Asian in a third group, African missioned group.
1: And then being in the Middle East, how did you not get first group? And not and th- I'm not trying to, That's whatever. I'm not trying to corner people. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. But predominantly, Asian people go to first group. Not
0: many. Not many people know this part of the story because it's like it's like a very deeply seated nuance. It doesn't matter. But when I get when I went to the Q course, I was an I was not an active duty guy. I didn't tell anybody that, but on orders, I had basically somehow, because back then it was like paper orders. Yeah. You didn't have oh, like an syst- electronic right. system and there was no checks and balances. Like I told the story where I changed 18 Echo, which is Como, yeah, yeah, and literally wrote a B standing in line at Swick before they said, Hey, Echo's over here. Bravo's over here. They said, check your orders. I looked at my orders It said 18 Echo. I panicked. I wrote a B and I stood in the Bravo line hoping to God that I would just get through and I got through.
1: Let's be honest. Had you gone through the Echo course, you would have wound up at Bravo anyway. That's <laughs> Cause I would have rolled back. <laughs> oh yeah, for 100%. sure, 100%. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I couldn't have done that. So yeah. I, I I, went through as a, I think I was a 20th group guy, but I wasn't, I had never like showed up to a guard thing. Yeah, yeah. Cause I transitioned from active duty, was in the guard, and then said, hey, I want to go to selection. So they said, the fastest way is actually going through the guard. If you make it, just go to the Q course and then transition to active duty. Gotcha. So for at that time period, apparently it's not that easy now because this was like early GWAT. They didn't have a system for it. And so they were just letting people do that. When I would graduated the Q course, I could have went to any group I wanted to. And I decided, like I, I asked around and got the G2, the Intel from the um the guys and was like hey who's going to war and i found not only the group that was going to war but the battalion like i I shopped the yeah. battalion and they were going to afghanistan i was like i want to be on that first thing smoking and so I, I changed my orders again yeah
1: i did some shady stuff i was actually assigned to third group out of the course and i swapped with uh jimmy dotil was mm-hmm. his name if you're out there jimmy thanks Because you could do, I wanted to go to fifth group. You could do group swaps. Yeah, but you had to have somebody to replace. They're like, if you can find somebody that wants to. So, I think I think his name was Jimmy, and we swapped, and I ended up going to fifth group. And at graduation, the I can't remember who the regimental commander was at the time, but he we all gathered around after the thing, and he's like, he's like, who's going to first group, third, seventh, tenth, and then at the end he goes, "Where are my patriots?" And I was like, okay. I chose well, I felt. Interesting. Yeah, it was. Because he's a former
0: fifth group guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, I, I just did a. Can't remember his name. I just did a quote for a book. Uh, John Stryker Meyer texted me, which is, which is funny. Hey, this summer you can help Black Raffle Coffee and the boot campaign raise $1 million for veterans. All you need to do is grab a can of ready-to-drink coffee from your local grocery or convenience store from May 31st to August 31st. Every can of ready-to-drink coffee you buy will contribute to making this. Massive donation possible. Thanks, you guys. Like, when most people text me, I'm like, they're texting me, no big deal. When John Stryker Meyer texts me, I'm like a little fangirl. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh,
1: John texted me. Okay. So-
0: and because these guys were our heroes growing up. I mean, I, I joined, I wanted to be Green Beret because of Mac V. Sog. Yeah. Right. I, I read John Plaster's Secret Commandos, all those. I still have all those books. Um, but Dick Thompson. Medal of Honor recipient. Did he get the? I I want to say he got the Medal of Honor. I, and I apologize if I don't remember. We need but a I, Jamie. There was a controversy. Yeah. That he got. I'm not familiar with the, the DSC. And then I think it got upgraded later. Uh, whatever. He, yeah. he. Anyways, he's a Maggie saw guy. He lives in Utah. And I wrote a a quote for his book, which is really cool. It was an honor. But um, back in the day.
1: 5th group was like one of the original groups, right? 10th group, 5th group. You're putting me on the spot here with history. I think 5th group stood up in the 80, no, I'm sorry. Had to be 70s. No, at Fort Campbell. So they moved Oh to yeah, Florida. yeah, yeah. They actually designated them to Fort Campbell. Um Shit, I don't know. Are you about to make some stuff up? No. I'm not. I actually, I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't know this. It's hard. I've left all of it behind, man, honestly. There's I, a lot of stuff. I lean forward. Yeah. Forward. Sp- speaking of books, um, I'm going to use this to plug my book. I have a book coming out on June 5th that's called <laughs> More Prepared. Um. So if you guys want to check that out. That's interesting because yeah. my book comes out June 6th called Prepared. Right. We're doing my book release party the 5th, oh. More Prepared, and then you're – your book. Just, Are you doing it at Philcraft HQ? It, is the title just prepared? Because mine's more, <laughs> more prepared, barely prepared. I think is my. my yeah, title. I mean, I didn't want to say it. But. Or prepped. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. What a, what a journey in writing a book. Yeah. You, you know, I, I we were listening to Jack Carr on the way back from San Bernardino, Jeez Louise, bro. And um, it was funny. We were laughing about um, Jack Carr wrote my forward. No, no, my, my preface. And he wrote that and then Ray Porter did the voice for the audible and it sounds so it, it reads and sounds so damn good. It's embarrassing when you get to m- me talking.
1: Now let <laughs> me, let me tell this story as we're listening to it. This is the first time you would listen yeah. to it, right? Yeah, Yeah. So as we're listening to it, Jack Hart, one, one of the most eloquent pieces I've. I mean, I was fired up after I, yeah. I heard this. It makes you and want Ray it. Porter. Yeah. I mean, come on. And I look over at you and I'm like, bro, you have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, to hit, yeah, to Hi, I'm Mike Glover. You want to be prepared? I'm not sure what to do with my hands.
0: Oh my God, it was embarrassing. No, but
1: it's that's phenomenal. It's yeah, yeah, he's good. They're both great,
0: they're both great. And, um, you know, uh, Jack Card's working on a nonfiction book, right? We heard that. Oh, we heard it on Rogan's podcast, yeah, yeah. And he said he's doing a nonfiction book about Beirut and uh, Lebanon, right? And the, the travesty, all the information that came out, not a lot of people understand that. Um, 307 people died, I think it was 260 service members. Uh, service members were killed, right. and it's like nobody even talks about it. I would love to do a nonfiction book on Mac Lee sock How bad ass would that be? That'd be sick. You'd I, have to do some. It takes some research and some. Doing. It would, but th- th- that's what excites me. Not yeah. the actual book. I mean, the book is cool. That's like the end result. The journey and process of getting all the stories and the information right. and telling that story profoundly. oh <sighs> I, I want that made into a movie.
1: We were talking about, I guess it's probably been like two years ago, but we were talking about doing, I don't know where we're at on this project, doing a documentary on the ICTF and the commandos in the early days of the Iraq war. I think that would be,
0: we want to do it, but it's now. like every time I go through the state department and try to find out what's going on. Now, have you seen the news and you know this too, they're, they're killing ISIS like every day. In Iraq. They are getting it. Yeah, with Americans. I mean, with American commando units. This is open source. You can find it online. Um, I thought that war was long gone. Well, that brings up an interesting point. We could talk about this a little bit because we we heard it on the podcast yesterday. In Baghdad, which both both of us have been. I've been there. I did five trips to Iraq. We had a good. We had we have a good relationship with Iraq. Yeah. We have the appropriate amount of support, but not too much, but just enough. And it is a very strategic location to affect um, counterterrorism and national defense. Yeah, Geographically, like all the things, especially regionally. And then you take Afghanistan. We had that in Bagram. And so the model should have been We keep a foothold in Bagram, similar to what we have in Iraq, where, one, the best part of it is we're keeping our soldiers, we're keeping our military sharp. Mm. The guys at the tip of the spear are doing joint and unilateral operations to support a coalition of elements to protect their national security and our national security interest. And we gave that up in Afghanistan. Like what the same place that the entire global war on terror began in the hills
1: of the Hindu Kush. Like we just gave that up. I I don't even know. where. And everybody's good with that. Yeah. Well, our community isn't obviously. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that aren't okay with that, but that's like, it's completely out of our control. The powers that be are corrupt and, serving self-serving and filling their own pockets and that's just the nature of things right now
0: you know it's sad man I, it's I, super sad i yeah. i really think we should be in bagram and occupying that battle space and people are like well we needed to pull out guys we haven't pulled out of italy <laughs> Like <laughs> since world war ii i don't know if you remember this but we weren't at, just out of war with japan and germany italy was on that bandwagon yeah we had a we had a that cracked that whip yeah. on the Italians because they were part of that access of evil back right. then. And we occupied that location and started the 173rd Airborne Division right. and and had a had a presence, which we still have today, all over Eastern Europe. So the idea that we would just pull out completely and say the Taliban
1: is obviously going to sort this horse,
0: it's disappointing. And I know it sucks to talk
1: about. But- yeah, it does suck to talk about. But we that model worked and then we're just like well that works so let's do something different i I, I don't know whatever i'm over did you come from a military family uh my dad was in the national guard Mm -hmm. and what did he do in the guard he was 11 bravo oh cool in the guard so pretty wild story about that so he my dad absolutely adored my mom didn't want to go to vietnam joined the national guard Mm -hmm. um but he his action story if you will he was there at Ole miss when they desegregated Ole miss mm-hmm. and old miss the university yeah university of mississippi yeah wild man they were issuing live ammo on the way to campus it was like the story that part of of history of of my state he was part of that you know it, as a guardsman as a guardsman yeah but it was just like the social climate back then. The way that he would tell those stories and capture that man—it's, it was really cool. He's a, but like I said, he—I think the the key to the story is like his relationship with my mother, and he he like he didn't want to leave, you know, he didn't want to go. So, yeah. and that's, I try to live up to that, you know, I try to share share love and treat people with respect like he did. He was a he was an incredible human being, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did he pass away? Yeah, he did. He passed away uh in two thousand and nine. Sorry sure mm-hmm.
0: to hear that, man. Ah, um well, let's talk about something brighter. Yeah, geez. What are we why are we keep going down these Your beautiful wife who's a lot better than you are? Come on. She yes. is just a rock star. Hey man, dude. Erica's a rock star. 100%. She's also Miss Kentucky. I don't know how you landed that. I'd figure you'd be okay. with like, I don't know. Miss uh Miss Trailer, Miss Alaska?
1: Mm. No, she's a nice lady, though. I've met her. Have you? Yeah,
0: very nice lady. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't even. Like, maybe not even a state. Maybe like a. Like a county fair winner. Yeah, county fair winner. I'll give you that. I do, yeah. yeah 100%. Miss Amador County. Ooh. Yeah, 1976.
1: Actually, Erica was Miss Barron County, so technically. Oh, that's how you scale up? Yeah, she she scaled up and I just kind of fell in. I know I saw it. Don't just don't move. Are you into spiders? Cause that thing's about to that literally is about
0: to climb on your foot. I'm gonna ignore it. Oh, I like your I like your vigilance. Um Miss Kentucky. She's been Miss Kentucky for how many years
1: now? Wow. Well, she was Mrs. Kentucky when we met and stopped, dude. There's a chapter in more prepared about spiders, in case you guys are there's not in Julia, Do you see that spider there? Right yeah. Stop,
0: baby. <laughs> There's another one. Are we? We are being overrun. Join. there is one on your toe. Stop, stop, stop. Those are seriously seriously. It's crawling on the No, it's on the tape. It's on the tripod behind her. Just kidding. If Jess was down
1: here, she would be freaking out right now. Um speaking of Erica and, and Spiders gone. She, oh. she would be gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um I feel like we're surrounded. We are. I feel like there's one crawling. There's one literally on
1: Joanne's shoulder. Stop, dude. <laughs> Joanne's like, no. <laughs> Did you see the speed that John? Oh, John. You dropped
0: it into the Oh, cables? there's a baby right there by Yoshi's foot. It's a baby spider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all of this shit. <laughs> Actually, we don't have to. Um. Oh. Miss Kentucky, how do you, I know I'm not speaking on behalf of your wife, but how do you, how do you wind up, uh, competing as a representative of the state in a pageant? Like, what is What is the process? Oh that? my God. You're living that life as a pageant
1: dad. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am living that life. 100%. Um, so I think the system that she competes in, it's the system actually asked her to be Mrs. Kentucky again. So, mm-hmm. is that a USA? USA? Uh, United States of America is the system. <laughs> what? I don't want to mess. Dude, this is serious. I could get in trouble for this. You are literally going to get
0: like if bounced out. If I mess any
1: of this up, yeah. I'm, you're uh, the yeah. spouse of Miss Kentucky. You're Mr. Kentucky. Is I mean, that how it works? Technically. <laughs> I should, yeah, I should get a cape or something. You should get <laughs> a, a sash. You should get a sash. And just mess with and pull out your pocket and just put it on when you take pictures. When she does it, yeah, <laughs> dude, she carries it like everywhere. Yeah, like, in I a mean, case, it's yeah, it has yeah. its own. It's a case big deal, in, and yeah, it is a big deal. But when she puts it on, I'm just like, we're, oh, we're doing this right now, <laughs> okay? You're like,
0: we're we're in
1: Bennigan's, babe. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll show up to just like, we we'll, like, we're going to. She's like, oh, I've got a thing, I've got to go to today or whatever, and she, and you don't know. I have no idea. So and then, we're then she's just like, riding like, down the road. <laughs> ding. I'm like okay so this is why we're in here and doing this she gave one of her crowns to
0: my daughter yeah that was pretty cool man yeah and my daughter like when she sees that thing she's like her
1: eyes get wide (laughs) no dude that you know what that is the great part about it is like she has the opportunity to do so much good and she does man she's yeah
0: especially with the community
1: man. she's she's really involved in that caring empathetic understanding human being obviously she has to be dealing with my ass but Mm -hmm. um but no, she does so much good for the community. She raised twenty two thousand dollars for Kentucky veterans last year. That's at really cool. The uh, Resilience Ruck, which we're doing again. Yeah. When um, are you doing that? Uh, that is in the f- on the first weekend in November. Yeah. Black Rifle sponsored us last year. Fieldcraft me, sponsored us last talk year. Talk to us about this Resilience Ruck program. What is this thing? So it stemmed from uh, Erica's father passed away as well, um, Barry. And he don't. Oh, with. my dad's name is Barry. Really?
0: That's her dad's name.
1: Yeah. You That's guys are the same. You, you guys have a share a lot of characters. You literally could be brother and sister. I swear to you, because yeah. you you you. It's like I have to take care of you. Yeah. Because you you don't know where you're at most yeah. of the time. <laughs> and she's the same way. Yeah. yeah. Dementia. Yeah. From working so hard. That's literally she yeah. is constantly working, Just focused.
0: Though. Yeah, dude. Uh, Overland Expo. She put a lot of effort and focus into that i was like i felt bad like shaking hands and saying hello and right. how are you doing and listening to people that's easy but staying engaged yeah. and processing stuff and and just customer service and everything yeah. the, the the
1: team went all out that was 100 well i mean honestly she's as passionate about this as as i as the company as i am because I mean, we're literally helping people every day. We're educating people every day. Yeah. You know? And I'm not trying to like blow smoke up our own butts or anything, but we're doing good things.
0: Yeah, we see it. It's it's uh a lot of people perceive the things that we do based on social media. And so they're like so it's like if you say, Oh, is is um Bud Light making impact on the world, you go to their social media and you go, Nope. But <laughs> You go to you go to an event at Fieldcraft Survival. We just came back from San Bernardino and people are like that changed my life. And you're like I'm glad. Yeah, man. But it it like I had a stu- I have a student in um San Bernardino. He's the guy who kind of hung around at the very end. He's trained with me now 6 times. And the first time he trained with me, there's two of those guys that were there for end level 2. And both of those guys have lost uh, one of the guys lost over 100 pounds. Yeah. And is fit. Now he's he's working on building muscle and his skill sets and confidence from the person, which I remember who he was on day one of just flat range work. I mean, most of the stuff Phil Craft does is not flat range related, yeah. but just an experience. He's come back and he's a different human being. Yeah. And seeing that um that shift. And then having people like your wife Erica involved in it is um, is really cool
1: to see. Well, it's because it, with all of us, it's at a family the company, business. It's a family business, and it comes from an authentic place with everybody. Yeah, we're not in it for for the. It's our purpose is to make this country better.
0: Yeah, like our media team right now in, in the room, you know, John and jo- Joanne, husband and wife team, and their son Yoshi. I mean, yeah, the, our new media guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they brought his their teenage son over from Asia and Yeah. And now he's doing the thing. He brought his
1: lights in off of the car. Yeah. To light the studio. Hey, he's making things happen. Sacrificing.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yoshi's good people's man. He is good people.
1: I'm excited to have him on the
0: team. John's son.
1: They John will, son. I will say this. I will give give Yoshi this. I asked John, I was like, hey, is, is he?" Good? he's like, he works hard, bro. Of course. Never complains. He's a park. I was like, Just give him... As a member of the Park family, that's an expectation. I was like, just give it time. He'll complain. Yeah.
0: I think she gets that work ethic from Joanne, though. 100% comes from
1: Joanne.
0: Yeah. She definitely gets... He he definitely gets his looks from Joanne, not John. Let's be honest.
1: He's... Yeah. Handsome. Handsome fella. Handsome fella. Handsome fella.
0: Good hair, too. Good hair. I mean... Yeah. Um, Let's talk about um, this book release party, because the book already released, by the time you hear this, like yesterday... And Friday, we're going to be in Kalispell, Montana, to do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, the following Friday, we'll be in Kalispell. Yeah. Well, no, no, By the time this drops. Oh. we. So, I don't understand
1: the business. Uh,
0: you, you, you don't understand. This is filmed in, in 2017.
1: I would like to say this, though. Do you even know what day it is? You what? probably don't. Like, day of the week, you probably don't know what
0: day it is. I don't, to, I don't know what the day of the week today is. But right. I know when this drops and all the activations of that. But I couldn't tell you what year it was. Right.
1: That's. Like, but it, it literally. takes it takes both of our levels to create this genius. That, that's true. Opposite. That's
0: true. Yeah. I. You will be. You'll be teaching one of our first tactical courses in Kalispell, yeah, Montana.
1: Uh, pistol. Yeah, and we teach personal hurt. security there. And then um, you and Andy and JT are doing a, a leadership leadership seminar.
0: seminar, and we're doing a preparedness seminar and a book release and party. A book release. And a personal security class
1: yeah do we have enough coverage for that do we have enough people I think I think so I think we got to cover yeah we'll make it we'll make yeah. it happen Erica's going so yeah we just put her against
0: whatever whatever you just gotta yeah. move the pieces yeah, yeah. I I I'm most excited about the book release party and black rifle coffee in Colville Montana yeah like selfishly because um we can Andy stump is a good friend of ours but his black rebel coffee is very different. Yeah.
1: What's the difference? It's Casey Hilder's personal perspective on that is the community there in Kalispell, the people. Huge. the and people are he, great. And he, that space, and the people on staff are fostering that. Yeah. It is a, it's a warm, welcoming space, and any, like, I mean, you see an entire cross-section of America in there within an hour. Yeah. And and it's constantly full.
0: And it's a destination for tourism and stuff, but it's yeah. like most of the black rifles I've been to across the country are in spaces that are like in a busy area. Yeah. yeah. This almost seems like it's a destination. Yeah. Like people come there and they're coming there for, hey, I want to stop by Annie's place. Yeah. It's it's a cool experience. Every time I go there,
1: I'm like, dude, this is yeah.
0: pretty insane.
1: And sometimes andy's sitting in there and you can walk up and he, he'll make fun of you and you know yeah make you feel good yeah yeah <laughs> 100 a couple names
0: he'll yell at you and yeah. make fun of you and then yeah. you know he'll give you a coffee though
1: yeah and then you walk away cleared hot nitro brew that is good let me tell you something son. yeah you can't zero get... to a hundred in about three minutes yeah anal leakage all the things well that's you oh that's most people
0: yeah, you Goat. have an indigenous stomach. Goat gut. Goat gut. <laughs> um I that's one of my favorite Black Rifle coffees, I'll say. And I'm a little biased, but yeah. Um I like the fact that they also have Montana swag that's related to that's Black Rifle cool. stuff. And and they have the biggest Philcraft craft um setup
1: yeah, it's like a retail space for It's a mini field craft retail space in there. We and just, they, they sell a lot of our stuff. A lot dude. of first
0: aid stuff we're moving yeah, under that a place. A lot of medical stuff. Because yeah. if you're in Montana and you don't pay attention to first aid, you'll just die.
1: Yeah, 100%. Or we, I think we referenced that when we we're in San Bernardino. It was like people hunting in Montana. It's like, well, if I said that in Montana, everybody would raise their hand. But I was like, yeah, because they have to. Yeah. Because they'll die.
0: Looking for a quick and easy way to grab your favorite Black Rifle coffee roast? Well, you could find America's Coffee on the shelves of your local Walmart. Stock up on your favorite roast as well as several Walmart exclusives you can't find anywhere else. No need to worry about waiting for shipping or having to drive all the way across town to find your favorite Black Rifle coffee roast. Whether you're filling up for an early morning hunt or just need a pick-me-up during a busy day, stop by Walmart and grab a bag of Black Rifle coffee today. Are the more difficult things to comprehend and train. That one moment in which you're there and it's between you, your eyes, the pistol, and the and the target. That's the easy part right. in technical proficiency to gain. And they they saw it. Right. it I, I think it's really cool because we did, for the first time, I did a level two where it's carbine or pistol, and you had the, both the variations. Yeah. But we had a lot of law enforcement officers out in the range. Right. San Diego, we had a lot of Central Valley guys. We had Redlands, San Bernardino. And... According to one of the Redland SWAT guys, Esteban, um, who's our buddy out there, yeah. San Bernardino, the town, or I guess it's the city, right. has the highest per capita murder rate in the country. In the country. In the country. And if you remember, San Bernardino was where those two jihadists were trying to get their jihad on, and San Bernardino and some regional officers responded to that. And it was, it was actually a joint terrorism task force. Like these guys were on the list. Like these were terrorists and they had that whole interaction. I think it was, I'm think it was sure.
1: 2009. I'm not sure. I heard you guys talking about, it. I wasn't familiar with the incident. I don't, I guess I, I just completely, but talking to those Husband guys, and wife to team. To it, right. Husband and wife team. So let's address the significance of that incident and the, not. I don't want to call it a probability, but the possibility of something like that occurring again, considering our current border situation, but you want to talk about that? You want to get weird for a second?
0: Yeah, I look. I, people ask us all the time, like, what's 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 taking place in our society, and a lot of the things that people see are, have to do, have to deal with social deconstruction, and you know, you could you could go back to the origin stories of Marxism and jeez. Wow. All, all the issues, like if you're a Marxist and you, and you don't believe in institutions and family units, and and that's your ideology. Sure, you can go back and reference that, and you could look for proof of that. Right. The most, most of the things that I focus on are the tangibles, the things that are proven through statistics that are happening right now, like drug overdoses. I believe right now we're at seventy thousand fentanyl overdoses this year, and we are. We are nearly halfway through it. And last year was 100 plus thousand. I think it was between 100 and 110,000, depending on what statistic you track. But that it's been a bump year over year. Oh, of course. The Surgeon General just came out again, and I hate quoting the Surgeon General because I, I don't trust the government in most of these things, at least their intent. But even the Surgeon General has said social media via the peer-reviewed studies have have shown 50-plus percent increases in things like depression and anxiety and teenage suicide and all the mental health issues that we're facing. So when you take that and and you kind of collectively lump it together, violence and extremism right. are ripping this country apart, and they will continue to do that then you take foreign adversaries and they're looking for opportune times to exploit man you have a recipe for disaster yeah
1: and and i'm not saying that from a place of of fear mongering i'm what i'm saying is it's like build your communities build your build your team build your family you know And, and that's that's what we're about and and i hate that the market is so healthy for us right now because it's driven by a lot of that stuff people were seeing Maybe I should get prepared. Maybe I should learn how to harvest my own food. Maybe I should learn how to, you know, live in the woods for a couple of days. Maybe I should buy water or have a food storage of two weeks, you know, all of these things. But the socioeconomic situation is driving that. And we're a resource for that. So, But we're also a resource for connection. Like all of those guys at the class, so like we told them, it was like, hey, connect. Stay engaged with each other. You have common ground here. And ultimately, the training is just a vehicle for that. Mm. It's a vehicle for connection to our communities and to get have those communities come together over common ground. Like, you can establish that commonality through anything, but stay connected. Make a plan. You know, hey, if this goes down, can we come to you or you come to us or we link up here and exfil? Yeah, it's That's what it's all about, honestly. Like, the training, shooting to caning and jarring. It's it's great and it's a but it's a granular level part of the whole solution. The solution is coming together and having a plan. Yep. And and that that movement though, if we do that, that's going to weave the country back together. These pools of examples of how to live and be a good person and care about your community starts rippling out. It's going to be a grassroots movement that fixes all of this, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I, I hope I hope we're making some profound impact in that. But I, I see a lot of different people doing similar things, bringing people together. And that's the important thing, right? 100%. Like, I, I think that's what people are realizing, at least a, a, a part of our population is realizing, hey, man, social media, we were bought into the idea it was supposed to make us better and more social. Right. And it hasn't done that. We certainly see it in the in the field with people, but even you know, I've done seminars with a couple hundred, few hundred people, and you say, Thank you for coming, and everybody goes to the four winds. Right. I'd like people to start continuing to build those relationships. It's one of the reasons this fire by base concept is so important for me. When we were operating in fire bases overseas, I mean you get this this goes back to like uh, Vietnam era fire bases. Right you were immersed in the population. Right. You had access and placement. You had to facilitate and build relationships. And if you didn't, then you were just the the target end of a 107-millimeter exactly. rocket, right? You were a target. You were a target. That's it. So when we start this in Provo, which is, dude, it's happening soon. Like, I mean, we'll be... It's about to get wild Dude, we're, it's crazy. We, we just... We talked to Greg Lappin and one of our um, black belt jiu-jitsu professors who is going to run Philcraft um, Jiu Jitsu in Provo. We're at 6,200 square foot. We had a we had a very good run of a few years in, in Heber City and affected a lot of people's lives, built a lot of community, responsible citizen courses every Wednesday, courses every weekend, uh, Tim Kennedy Kyle Lamb, all the personalities came through there and built these relationships, right. Tony Blower, the list goes on. Now we're moving into 19,000 square feet. All right. With tactical cowboy Devin and his and his wife doing physical fitness and physical therapy, cold plunge and hot sauna and jujitsu and uh education and preparedness training on the back end. It's like
1: what? Yeah.
0: Like that's awesome. Because now we could build the community and sustain the relationship, right. versus we're infilling in the middle of a village, going, "Hey guys, let me tell you about what the the good news is." Mm-hmm. See ya. Now it's like VSO, like right. you're staying there, vi- yeah. Uh, village stabilization operations, yeah. which was which was really strategic and uh, important, and and um, helping
1: build relationships. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, I would like to see that. So we're essentially starting in the West, and I would like to see it push across the country, giving people a hub to come to for all of that education or, you know, community events, all of those things, because, again, I think that's, that's what's going to fix this. You know, we've got to reconnect. We've got to put our phones down, and we have to build community. It doesn't matter how you do it. You don't have to do it through field craft. Go to, go to church. Find a, a hobby where you are connected you know where you have to be connected in order to be a part of it force yourself into those uncomfortable situations you know kids don't know how to communicate now because they're in their phone like we've forgotten how to talk to each other
0: well they say the average time those teenage kids were doing three and a half hours teenage girls were spending or teenage teenagers period three and a half hours a
1: day a third of those surveyed were spending on the on the phone and again, what was the following statistic was the depression and the anxiety yeah. and all that stuff. Like 51,
0: 53% increase in depression and anxiety. Right. Um, insane statistics, but we all know this. Right. You don't need the government or a, a statistician to tell you, hey, these are the stats. Right. It's like you could see it,
1: but what are you doing about it? Most people aren't doing anything. Right. And that's the thing. Like I, I, I asked you immediately after that. I was like... Were you? Do you remember being anxious as a kid? Because I don't. You know, I was anxious. We about had grades. Yeah, I, had, I wanted to perform. You know, I wanted to do well. You know, yeah. for me and you know, for my parents and you know, I wanted to do that. But anxiety? Bro, I didn't have anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety was until I was in the military, and I was like, oh. yeah. But it can be a performance thing. That's why you know, yeah. that's kind of. And it's like, and it can be detrimental if you allow it to be as well.
0: Can you imagine? Uh, they talk about the the misdiagnosis of. ADHD, Uh, you know, it's like when we had attention deficit disorder, you got scolded and like put outside, go, go burn it off. And now it's like, what do you expect from kids who are staring at a cell phone for two and a half, three
1: and a half hours a day? Summertime, bro. I don't know how or like looking back from the position now and knowing the things I know now, I would walk out of the door in the morning. Be gone in the woods, running in fields, yeah. doing. I feel like my parents were really irresponsible because <laughs> they were letting us be kids,
0: man. You know what I mean? They were but, but I be- remember like days going by. It's like,
1: yeah, well, I mean, where you been? Could be. So uh, like I just went on an adventure, you know? Yeah. But I mean, our parents had a lot less stuff to worry about, too. You know, that's true. Yeah. The the
0: Now, when you see a kid walking Jeez. on the road, you're like, that is
1: not Right. Um, it's one of the reasons why I moved to Utah. Here in America. That's yeah. right. But in Japan, four and five year olds are walking around because well, you're con- Japan. Where's that coming from? I, I don't I watched something about it. I don't know. I didn't read. I'm reading. What are you talking about? <laughs> but the this thing was talking about kids in Japan. They wear a certain color hat and the community helps the kids go to where they're they they all support the children. Yeah they support the children because that is the future of the country. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got people in Hollywood and in Washington's like, well, at least kids should make their own choices of should they be boys or girls? Or can they have sex at eight years old? Are you fucking kidding me, bro. You can't say fucking on the podcast.
0: Sorry. Um, there, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, piece that I just heard recently where the gal is talking about giving her five-year-old daughter the option to identify what she saw fit, and that was okay with her. Like she said, whatever she wants to identify, if it's a boy, as a girl, she would support that decision as a five-year-old. And it's like, are the five-year-olds the parents? Because I don't understand... where where we're at in this country, where we're making um, five-year-olds decide their future at five. I mean, my boy only cares about trucks and guns. My daughter only cares about dinosaurs and zombies. So it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You either want to be a T-Rex or a zombie. And it's like... That's right. It's like, why are we doing this to our kids? And the answer is... It's because a lot of adults in this country are broken. Like there are a lot of people in this country who are freaking lost, bro. And that's sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's like the solution isn't going screw those people. The solution is like, we need to educate those people. Absolutely. I mean, we need to continue to talk about it and have these debates and have these conversations because
1: I mean, what, what are we going to be? I, dude, who create, the create the venues for conversations Yeah, and don't, fall in love with your opinion as the truth seek the truth
0: yeah a lot of these guys uh, you know there's a lot of guys on that i follow like on daily wire that are doing a lot of these things in open forums and the demonstration is how how deep can your argument go how many layers can we pull back the onion before your entire um ideology becomes unraveled right And a lot of it is based in misperceptions, miseducation, misinformation. Like I'm dumbfounded by the Ben Shapiro um, conversations in universities where just a little bit of Q&A and back and forth, you realize admittingly, oh, well, that's not what my professor said. It's like, so everything that is your ideology and that you hold true is based on what a human being in a professional university told you that should be your ideology like what that's
1: the nature of the toxic masculinity in me loves watching him nuke people i I, I yeah
0: you're you're toxic masculine
1: yeah 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 i see i wish i could maintain patience through some of those conversations but it's just like yeah yeah i i I get emotional i allow my emotions to take over in those conversations and it's just like yeah okay i gotta step back I
0: I find them real interesting now because what you realize is you don't even have to say anything. All you have to do is ask the pointed question and let them speak. Right, And then when they speak the things that they hold near and dear come unravel and you realize <laughs> they don't have a sound argument. It, and it's coming from a place really of potentially insecurity or miseducation. And you're like, but, but I could tell you a little bit about the situation you're in, if you just let me tell you, and then you realize they don't want to hear it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like, well, they, a lot of no times they it. unravel it themselves. You know, yeah. like, you don't even have to make the point. Yeah. But, you know, that's the, we're all it's victim culture and self-serving and, you know, that's where people are, unfortunately, but they you can change that.
0: You know? Yeah. You could change it. Be an I, example. I think the, the number one thing that we talk about, we educate on is this. If you want to make a change, build it in
1: your own family. Absolutely. I mean, family units, um, start with yourself, man. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. I'm going to, I'm going to say something here. I get a little uncomfortable at your honesty at the end of some of these courses. Mm -hmm. You call people out right to their face. Yeah. And make it a point. And then they come up and thank you for it. And then we have guys showing up two, three years later that have lost weight. Yeah. That can shoot well. That that stand there and talk to you, look you in the eye with confidence because they've built that inherently through their growth. You know? Yeah, it takes a lot of personal courage to Bro, it show up. takes humility. Yeah. And then courage and then the decision to do something about it. Yeah. You can get called up and you're like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a piece of crap. And yeah. then you can live in that and be okay with it but you have a choice. Every single day you have a choice. It's another opportunity to improve. I tell people what the course is. I'm like, I try to be as perfect as I can be every single day. And I fail every single day. But when I start a new one, I try again. Yeah. And that builds improvement. You're striving for perfection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty close. Let's be honest. That
0: mullet is as close to perfection as I've ever seen
1: it's glorious do you use cocoa butter in that do you like do you do you rub it on the ends the the... i'm glad you said that we got to get some shampoo for for our downstairs because you let mama bear show up yeah and ain't no products down there yeah and you tell me what you want and we'll have it shipped in actually i'll just amazon it to here yeah so we have the full the gamut we will do that for you guys (laughs)
0: You mean need a hard water filter to make sure you guys got the soft water?
1: Tempid. Tempid temperature. It's the key. Keeps those ends tight. Have you always had a mullet? No. This Never. is the longest my hair's ever been. Like I had, well, I had long hair when I was in, but, and I always got in trouble for it. Same. Oh, bro. Trevor Wilson, Sergeant Major, walks in. We just got back from a trip. We're doing recovery before we went on leave or whatever. It's 1030 in the morning. And- everybody in the team room has miller high life so we're drinking already because we just got back miller miller high life was oh, the team okay. beer oh wow the champagne of beers we'll talk time. about that video for miller uh, after this. oh yeah geez yeah right well that was back before they went all woke. but um trevor walks in and he's like are, are you guys drinking already I'm like yeah roger sergeant major we're done with everything you know we're just hanging out you know kind of he's like it's 10 30 in the morning <laughs> I was like, yeah, Roger, Roger, we were still kind of on reverse schedule. Like we had just gotten back. Right. Yeah. So um,
0: from a, from a techni- rotation?
1: technically it was like after mission time. So we, yeah. you know, we were just on that schedule or whatever. Anyway. So he goes on a rant, um, which is pretty rare for Trevor's super laid back guy. But at the end of the rant, he looks at me and points at me and he says, and Hildreth get a haircut. I was like, Okay. Ooh, that was the ice. That was the cherry on top of that. I think that was what initiated the anger. Yeah,
0: he saw you, got frustrated, went off on something that didn't matter. Yeah,
1: projected his anger on the entire team because of your mullet. Because of my mullet. Yeah. Damn dog. Yeah.
0: Um, Miller High Life. So let's talk about Miller real quick before we close this out. Oh my god. Because Miller did a video a couple months ago about they had this woman walking through and she's talking about beer was first brewed by i don't know how you could prove that the first beer in the world was brewed by women uh i don't know I, I assume what they do thank
1: is, you who, to whoever did it yeah
0: it was an egyptologist. my former
1: self my former self thanks you yeah, yeah.
0: thanks for brewing that beer
1: yeah good job. so the
0: men were doing the drinking and they were doing the brewing anyways it's it's kind of silly that they positioned that anyways i only assume egypt they think that egyptologist have stated that the women did the brunt of the work. And they were doing things like they they used to put the baskets out and then you would get the natural fermentation from the air, which is basically poop in the air. I don't know if you know, like poop, landed in the baskets and accidentally fermented this drink. And I don't know who the first guy who's like, there's poop in the air and it landed in this water and that water looks poopy, but I'm going to drink it. And then he's like, "This is the best poop water I've ever had." However, that worked out. out. That's my short history of beer. Um, Miller did a commercial where they're like, "Well, you know how they thanked us? They did this, and then they show like a montage of chicks in bikinis, amazing beer beer ads, amazing beer ads, right? And Miller is the company, or Bud—I think it was Bud Light—was the company that did real men of genius, like the best marketing campaign on the planet, making fun of dudes that here. This goes to you, Mister. Stand in six inches of water and like screech like that whole deal is what makes beer great because you don't do anything serious drinking beer. Yeah, right. Most things that happen that are epic are are followed by hold my beer and watch this. And so, why do we have to be so freaking serious and so offended by everything? (laughs) And so they're like, oh, you know how they did it? They, they, they thanked us. They did these rad commercials of you in bikinis. Yeah. And I'm not – I'm trying not to be sexist here, but I imagine that if you're an attractive human being that and you go to a beach, you don't go in a turtleneck. You All go right. in a bikini. All that right. makes you look more attractive because that's how this whole biological thing works. They are collecting and buying the posters and the old ads
1: and turning them into mulch this that's the part i want to focus on they are and this is going to sound crazy but it's the divisiveness they're trying to separate us and keep us separated through any means they can religiously racially um sexually that's what they're trying to do they're trying to create as many divides as they possibly can and erase our history and divide the country, keep us divided in our pockets so we stay concerned about fighting each other as opposed to the real problems. That's what's going on. That's a real problem for me. I that makes me want to go on eBay and
0: buy every you know there's some dude printing oh, old bro. posters. 100%. he's rolling in it right if now. If he's not
1: actually we should probably get over to Yeah, get, get, to get the blotter and start Yeah, just start making shirts dude, until we get a cease and desist. It's amazing that our
0: culture's at this place. You see the Target thing and Target lost nine billion dollars and what I love about this is It's just like the person who's talking and they can't understand their argument out loud. And they realize that their entire ideology is based on lies. Right. Let these businesses do these things. Just let them. Yeah. And be the silent consumer that makes your decisions and going, I'm just not going to support that. I'm not going to support kids underwear that provides space to tuck back little boys balls. Yeah. Even saying that out loud hurts. It's It's gross, right? It's gross.
1: But that's the thing. Like, I was explaining boycotts to my daughter, Annie, who is an amazing human being, mature beyond her years, and and is trying to understand this stuff and navigate it. And I explained the boycott process. It's like, we just don't participate. I'm not saying, like, go protest and, you know, let's loot targets or anything like that. Consumer choices. Yeah. Don't spend your money there. Because let me tell you something, when we start hitting pockets, that's when change. So everybody that's boycotting these organizations, continue to do so. Please. Yeah. Because well, that, that'll help stop this.
0: Yeah, that's – and and people don't realize, I, I think it was uh, – I can't remember, rog- whoever it was, was looking up the, the owners. I believe Anheuser-Busch is owned by Bev, uh, which is a company – which is a subsidiary of international partners and mainly owned by the Chinese. I don't know if that's true. I think the last time I checked that and did my research, like the most popular beers on the planet are Chinese are Chinese manufactured right. beers. And it's actually not brewed from the fields of farmlands owned by Bill Gates in America. Pro. It's actually rice beer. I mean, most <laughs> beers brewed through rice. And I think all of Coors Light, Anheuser-Busch is brewed through rice which is just a a a shameless asian plug um but when i say that it's like you are supporting a chinese entity anyway yeah i mean you want to support beer companies go to your local um brewery which has an american brewing beer in the back and support your local brewery that's the best way to do it i'm
1: so glad because we talked about that last night it's like that's what they're doing. These large companies are driving people to support local communities. That' great. What should be doing more in the first of that. Place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More of that. I'm glad
0: the the these corporate yeah. um, entities that are mainly owned by foreign entities anyway are showing their ass. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's it, man. We we're literally at war. We're in a silent war, and that's. Our finances that they're trying to harvest from us are our ultimate weapon. We can we can make some oh, change just that way. Way serious there. Well, I mean I was trying to end this off on a light note, but you're going to war. That's are, true. We're running I should run for public office. You should run for public office. Two way too many it. skeletons, dude. In Kentucky.
0: <laughs> that that would do it. The mullet would win you. Right. Just have an outline of like a, a graphic design of your head, yeah, and then it has mullet on the side. And
1: you literally would win. I like it. I like it. We got to get Chad Brown on this, dude. Former, um He's my district representative from Mississippi. Met him at Overland. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. happened. Yeah. Got to get him on here. That'd be fun. This has probably got to go on Patreon. I don't know if it's going to go <laughs> What? Because <laughs> the topics of discussion. Oh, this one? It's been a little touchy. No, way, hasn't it hasn't. Has I, it not?
0: I, I I don't know if this is like um, we're gonna get board the, approved. The comments are gonna get weird, but that's why they outsource me. Oh, there you go. Because they don't they, like. I have, I think that's why they outsource me to do this because I could say what
1: the, I want. We didn't pull any punches. You can't say F on the podcast. I though. didn't say it. I know. I, I actually it. mouthed it silently one time, but I did say it out loud. Yeah. I was a little emotional. Sorry yeah. about that. I I
0: imagine people who listen to this um,
1: probably are not offended. Yeah. Are not too offended. I don't think they I don't think they should. And if they are, talk to me about it. Yeah, email him. Yeah. Unweave your own argument. Yeah. <laughs> we can do that. we gotta get to your airport. What time yeah. is it right now? I don't know. My watch is still watch. set on California. Skin dirty. All right.
0: We're out. Thanks for showing up. Hey man, thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye guys. Joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club is setting your coffee delivery to autopilot. As a club member, you get your favorite premium BRCC roast deliver fresh to your doorstep. All you have to do is pick your coffee, select the amount you want, then set the delivery schedule and you're done. Easy as that. Not only will you get to knock coffee off your grocery list for good, but you also save cash over time since members get free shipping on deliveries. Club members also get exclusive discounts with partner brands like Philcraft Survival, Cryptek, Six Sour and more. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club today. Start saving and enjoy the peace of mind that your coffee has been taken care of. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!